We gotta synchronize the audio, so we do what start the timer, do one, two, three, and then we clap uh, when I say clap right after three. So it's one, two, three, clap. When I say clap, we clap at the same time when I say it. You get it? It's how audio works. That's how we sync it up. It's for our editor's sake. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I do this, man. <laughs> Yeah, I'd do this to me right now. Yeah, just in case, you know, s- someone who's not used to it or in the biz, you know. <laughs> look, look, Tucker, Tucker, we have to make okay, sure buddy. this is super okay. clean for the editor, all right? Like, I don't need a lot of attitude right now. We just need uh-huh. you to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, okay, a clap is defined by two it hands his job, coming together. His job easier. To I'll tell you what's not making it into the episode. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast to go with the thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. But we're not going to be critics. We're not going to be throwing numbers at you. We're just going to be two. We're going to be three people this time asking at the end of the film. So did you like it? I am Sir Squarin, and I'm joined as always by my co-host. I'm the angry spirit of the forest, and I demand you stop digging iron and pulling it. I'm cause we're also joined by a third guest. Say hi, guest. Who are you? Hi, I'm Tucker. Thanks for having me. The man, the myth, the legend himself, <laughs> our editor Tucker is here to join us to close out Summer of Animation. The final film we are watching for this summer is Princess Mononoke. In a time when gods walk the earth, an epic battle rages between the encroaching civilization of man and the gods of the forest. When the forest has been cleared and the wolves wiped out, this place will be the richest land in the world. Now, the fate of the world rests on the courage of one fearless princess. I'm not afraid to die, and I would do anything to get the humans out of here. And one brave warrior. Jillian Anderson, Billy Crudup, Claire Danes, Minnie Driver, Jada Pinkett Smith, and Billy Bob Thornton. You cannot alter your fate, however. You can rise to meet it if you choose. Princess Mononoke. Uh, A film written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, We watched the English dub version, so it had the voice talents of uh, Billy Crudup, Claire Danes, Billy Bob Thornton, and many others. This is a film that tells the story of uh, humans versus nature and its destructive war and how no side really benefits, as well as living with leprosy, disabilities, and sex. So to really kick it off, I just have to say, I love any music Joe Hiyashi makes, and this is one of my all-time favorite musical scores to any film. This is all I need just to get through the movie. Like, I will, I put on this soundtrack even while watching the movie and I'll just start crying. It's fine, whatever. I'll agree. It's a great score. It's a great score. Did it, did it really re- talk about leprosy a ton? Well, I mean, one of the main uh, inspirations for this film was Hayao Miyazaki actually visited a sanatorium where, like, people with leprosy lived. One of the things he wanted to really talk about and show during the movie is people who live with like what you would call like an incurable disease, but still do what they can to make the best of a bad life. Okay. And like what type of hope that can bring. So while you don't see them 
as like central characters, like main characters, you see them constantly either show up or pop up and like none of them are complaining. None of them are ever like talking about how bad their lives are. Like they're even in the war against the samurai when Irontown is attacked when Lady Eboshi's gone. Uh, you see the lepers have come out and they're like ish they're like getting guns to all the women that have left and they're like constantly reloading fixing any jams or any new guns that have like problems with it and just like doing their best to defend their home because that's life man that's fair i get i guess they, they just they just like had leprosy they weren't like you know defined by their leprosy exactly great i'm glad we're uh, oh. Great. I'm just thinking back now because I'm fairly certain one of them was <laughs> bedridden and had little to no mobility, and I'm sure quite a few of them did. At one point, the forest spirit, when he's in his weird gooey boy form, just kind of crashes down onto the flaming village. Mm-hmm. Those guys are totally dead as shit, right? <laughs> no, because if you watch when after like the flowers start growing and you see that like even though the forest spirit is dead and like gone, the forest is actually going to start regrowing. And it's not just Ashitaka and San and San who got their curse cured or uh, taken away. All the lepers were cured of their leprosy. Well, like, while it was still vengeful, it was totally killing people. At the second time, though, like when it falls like on everything and like explodes outward. It's supposed to be like a different type of explosion, but know? like, if, yeah, it's the pure one. The the, le- it's the, the pure one. We we never saw what the lepers looked like, right? They were totally head to toe. Only the female one. You get to see a brief glimpse at her face as she like looks shocked at her own hands with her bandages unraveling, and notice that like there are no okay. marks on okay. her body. Okay, so we anymore. saw. We we saw like the bandages unravel and then she was like, I'm better. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Great. I'm caught up. Thank you. You're welcome. I guess you didn't watch the movie. Wow. All right. We're I cutting missed, off everybody. Looked, Let's start it again sorry, from the top. I didn't see. And it was like one of those high school 90s movies where she takes off the bandage and she was super beautiful hot. all along. <laughs> or beautiful. She sorry. just had to take off her glasses and her bandage. Take my breath away. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to the prom. <laughs> <laughs> and she was the belle of the ball. <laughs> so what's this movie about? This movie is about This movie's about love. This movie's about heartbreak. This movie's about life. This movie's about like a not deforesting the whole fucking planet. That's basically what right. it's about. <laughs> it's like an environmentalist message or something somewhere in there. It's one of the big, right. one of the big themes is the environment cuz this whole thing starts off with like Ashitaka killing a demon that turns out to be a great boar spirit from uh, one of the like main forests of Japan. I'm supposing they knew right away that he was uh, that he was a god or something. Yeah, the the boar. Yeah, they find like a ball of iron in his body, and that poisoned him. Then it turns out there's all these terrible oh, humans right. yes, yes. destroying a forest for iron to make weapons to kill people. But she can't help but like the person doing it because she really cares about like you know people that are sick, and she like buys the contracts of sex workers so they have normal jobs. No, I don't like that lady. <laughs> I kind of like that lady. <laughs> there we go. This is what we need. <laughs>
I I mean, she was good to her people for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think she did kill God, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is rad. <laughs> and then once that was like very instantly proven a bad idea, uh, she just kind of was like, she turned to everyone. And she was like, "Hey guys, that one's on me. That's my bad." And I feel like you know that's that's a hard that's a hard forgive to ask for. <laughs> oh, so you're telling me you know this woman kills a god to protect her people, and she's a villain. I kill a god in Elden Ring, and everybody claps for me. But did she kill a god to protect? Okay, I didn't clap. For First you. of all, yeah, we don't clap for you. <laughs> <laughs> Respectfully. Great, 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 great. Good to know, good to know. Because we know it would distract you. It would distract you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't perform well if if we encourage you. Anyone. Anyway, um, no, was the god threatening her people? More than it. Uh, It wasn't that situation. It was like... It wanted to stop them from mining the resources they were taking. So they were cutting down forests, and they were mining for iron. Okay. And so in this universe, if you get shot and the bullet remains within you then you turn into a demon. Well, I think like, it's m- more so that they were like forests, spirits, and gods. And also, like, it was... And it was okay. it was part of their, like, vengeance for what was happening to their abode. Yeah, it, it, it felt more kind of up. like uh, their own... Like, if a god or spirit falls too much to, like, hatred and rage, they become a demon. Like, that's really what is the catalyst for the change. They lose sight of like what their purpose is and become something just like that is just chaos. Oh, it'd be it'd be real, real bad business if like everything we shot just became a demon. Right. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't think this is regular iron. Oh, man, guys. That would be a rad fucking story. <laughs> God, the 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 creatures in this movie and all Ghibli movies, but in this movie were horrifying. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, very cool. I like how like. At first, when I'm a kid, when I was a kid, like they just looked like little worms that would grow out of them. But then I loved when, like, I, I grew up and I start actually paying attention, and they're like little, like little snakes that grow out of them. Like if you pay attention, like at the end, at the ends of them, like little oh, mouths what? form and start like biting at things around I don't them. Like that? Yeah, like I notice it. Like and then like when you that. see uh, when Ashitaka confronts Aboshi and San when they're fighting. Like, and his curse just explodes out. Like, you notice they're like little spirit, like snakes or eels that are just like nipping and biting oh, at like no. the air around him. And it's just oh, like, no. ooh, I like it. I don't like that. I mean, I do like that, but I don't like that, you know? This movie is like a masterpiece because it it's that classic style of animation. Only 10% of this movie uses computer graphics. Wow. It was beautiful. Everything else is hand drawn. It was it was really beautiful. That that is the Miyazaki way. Like he wants to be able to control everything down to like the smallest frame. I think I I was commenting when we watched the movie. Like this is, I was phrasing it exactly how little Babby Kaz, who doesn't know how to articulate things and is a dummy, um, was articulating it. Where like when I saw it as a child. I was like, my mind was blown because like all these beautiful background paintings and you, they did that thing where it's like, you know, you see two things in the background, like move at the different speeds to kind of convey movement. Uh, and in my little child brain, I was like, whoa, it's like a Bob Ross painting that moves <laughs> and weird. Whoa. And so, yeah, that's just, you know, 
how a dumb idiot child processes that in his brain. But yeah, there's just gorgeous like background paintings and well, even all the character designs and all that was great. Like no joke, my my the background to my computer is a Ghibli background just because like the art style is so like you know it as soon as you see it. And it has just a very calming effect. Like ev- the way he uses like forest greens with other colors and like mixing them together. Like you look at any of like their backgrounds and you're just like, yeah, I'm in a good place right now. Just, That's okay. Just the sight of the forest god in its weird gooey form reaching up to the moon, splitting off and coming down to the earth. So relaxing. Yeah. So at ease. So beautiful. With the death that is impending. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it when I, I, I pause right at the frame where Boshi takes the shot where you see the, the neck start exploding of the forest spirit. That's just pure art right there that puts oh. me in a good place. Yeah. That's fucked up, man. (laughs) It's just like the the fucking forest god just wanted to become long cat. And this bitch like shoots it in the neck and it explodes. Can you explain why you're coming up with the name long cat for this like guardian form it takes? You Wait, that's what you're referencing? (laughs) Yeah, why why long cat? Because its neck just goes. It's neck. It's got a neck that doesn't quit. It just keeps going. I get the long part, but cat? I was referencing specifically the long cat meme. I don't know. There's a meme? Hold on. There's a meme? Yeah, yeah I'm getting All right, I'm Tucker, add in like the right little now. like little keyboard clacking sounds as you're looking yeah. it up. <laughs> Hacking in. <laughs> Oh my god. Like 90s sound effect of like little like lasers going like <laughs> You know what? You know what? I should you know what? I'm I'm glad I asked because you're right. The long cat guardian form of the forest spirit looks exactly like this. I can't argue. That's uh that's compelling. No, I'm just, I was the only one that knew that reference when I made... All right, whatever. What do you want, all right? I don't know everything. You guys are terrible millennials. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, tell the boomer generation they say that listen, all the time. Listen, I am the only person here who gets continually haunted by the ancient memes Twitter. <laughs> what do you mean, haunted? <laughs> when I see it... When I see it, I can only die a little more inside. I, I don't know, man. Like, Tucker, I know I know we all think about, like, where memes come from. But really, if you go back to, like, those ancient days of the early memes, you're going to feel a lot of cringe, oh, man. No, I'm, I'm going to... I'll Google it, but not right now. But I'm very curious. No, you know what? Google it right now. Me and Kaz got this. Yeah, Just take this out, yeah, editor. Put, yeah, put yeah, in I'll more, be, I'll be more back. keyboard clacking. <laughs> <laughs> I need. I also. I also need just like that. Like one like '90s kid who's like, oh man. <laughs> well, how about that movie? You know, after she shoots the forest god, and you have that. You said she has that moment of like a, oops, like oopsie, whoopsie. I did a fucky wucky, and she's like, my bad guys. Like. Her arm gets bitten off, and she spends most of it just kind of just laying back, and everyone's just like, we have to take care of Boshi. And she's like, ah, shit, I fucked up, guys. <laughs> Her arm gets bitten off, all right? Okay, this is like... Hey, <laughs> okay, hold on. I got to talk about that. Cut off a wolf's head. She's still Where got the strength of snakes. That's what she said. So, she, <laughs> she... She shoots... This lady messes up so many times in a row. She shoots a god 
it explodes. Nature and the world start melting, aging and dying around them. <laughs> she then to Nintendo, like gra- tries to grab a a wolf head. Or she tries to grab the head of it. I don't know. I don't exactly what happens. But in the moments following, a severed head bites her arm off, and the guy that she's there with is like. Wow, your arm! <laughs> he like comes over. He's like, "Holy shit!" And she looks to him and she's like, "Told you, a severed head can still bite." And he's like, "Good. That that's for you, though. Like, you don't need to tell me that." It's one of those things where this woman could not help herself. Her arm legitimately just got bitten off. She could be bleeding out. And she looks at her subordinate in the eye. It's like. I fucking told you so, yeah. bitch. The fact that she does a somber I told you so, that's what I'm saying. She's great. I love her. The amount of pettiness this woman can bring yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of pettiness, that's wife material, sir. <laughs> Shoots God, takes care of every, all, all everyone in her town, and is too petty to admit, I lost an arm because I done goofed. Basically, what you're explaining to me is like the perfect wife built in the world of dark souls i just can't believe it get shoots god melts the world yeah 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 there's a very specifically a character who is that fucking melania loses an arm and just kills herself and the guy she was fighting in a fuck you you didn't win i I beat me you didn't beat me (laughs) i just that that lady's hubris is amazing 10 out of 10 best character written I love how she just casually picks up, like, the, the, like, head of a god she just shot off and throws it at Jigo the monk, just like, here you are, one head of a god, as promised. Just like, you're so proud of yourself right now. Really just killing all nature itself, and you're just gonna pat yourself on the back about it, aren't you? Good for you, lady. She did kill a god. (laughs) I mean, that is pretty impressive. I mean, if she turned around in that moment and was like, I mean, pretty cool, right? Then I'd be like, I got you, got me there, you got me there. But then when the wolf bites her arm off, I'd be like, that was less cool. And then when she sat down and was like, I guess we learned a lot today, right? I'd be like, no, but you should have. Yeah, sits down in like a South Park moment. I learned something today. <laughs> no, that that part at the end of the movie where she's just like, where's Ashitaka? I need to speak with him. I need to talk with him. It's like what to tell him like. Hey, I think we really do need to work together with the forest, you know? Like, I've really learned... Like, I think you and I have, like, really grown as people in this and, like, learned some <laughs> lessons together. Uh, she's talking, she's like, uh-huh, yeah, have we? <laughs> yeah, that did kind of wrap up too nice, too neatly in a bow at the end. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, there were some parts, like, where... I forget. Who's uh, who's Billy Bob in this? What's that character's name? Jigo. Jigo. When they're on a rock at the end, they're surrounded by god goo, which is melting the world around them. And Jigo's like, I- fucking beautiful words. <laughs> Jigo's like, we can't give up the head. And it's like, Jigo, what are you fighting for right now? Like, <laughs> what is your win right here? How You know What's what? The end you can, game strategy. <laughs> you can, you know what, Jigo, you win. You can take the head. Where do you go? <laughs> it's- hey, man, the sun's going to come out. It's all going to melt away. I'm going to be rich as fuck. The emperor is apparently going to live forever or die. I don't care. It's going to be bruise, bros, and wings. 
all fucking 24 7. It's the same funny shit that you get run into with like a Resident Evil bad guy where they're like, nah, I will not be defeated by you. I have this. And then they like shoot themselves with something, become this horrifying giant monster. And even if they did win, what's the end game strategy here, bro? Like, you're this big, horrible monster. You're not going back into human. Your money is now useless. <laughs> right. Like, imagine you win. It's like, now you're that. <laughs> Good job. You just sit down with your weird multi-tentacle blade arm, and you're just like, well, I didn't think that went through. Now did I? Yeah. Same thing with Jigo. Just like, wait. Oh, I can't get rid of it. It's Mike. <laughs> oh, I am impressed with this man's like ability to walk on such real tall sandals without a problem. Oh, my God. He starts kicking ass with those sandals. I also need those to make up for my lack of height. <laughs> yeah, he does kind of fight pretty well, doesn't he? he yeah, does. no. When, every time I see him like kick Ashitaka and he like puts up his guard, you see the sandals scrape against his arms. I'm like... That's gotta fucking hurt. That's some bullshit. We have to give that was that guy was vo okay. That guy was vo voiced by Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah? yeah, yeah. Was he bad or am I you know tasteless? No, he was bad. Fine, uh, it's whatever. I mean, like his right. his performance kind of it stands out in not the best ways. I'm gonna right now. I'm editing in some Billy Bob. It's it's You're currently man, happening. I understand. Well. Don't you even think of thanking me. It was my pleasure. In fact, I should be thanking you, really. You see, I was caught in that battle. I saw what you did to those samurai. You fight like a demon. Where'd you and fight like audience, oh. decide. Wow. <laughs> decide. Oh, I forgot about that line. <laughs> Is that Sorry. really what he said? Oh, oh shit. man, that's nice. I, I stand uh, corrected. See, you guys see, really see that one? Meet. That was okay. <laughs> All right, give me one where it's really bad now. <laughs> Oh, that uh, was really bad. Yeah, you guys. Wow, well, I did not know something. Jigo was such a racist character. How could he say Excellent. that? This kind of is a little bit weirder. <laughs> like, this is like a other dimension I didn't think about as having our editor on. For <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, guys, I know exactly what moment I want for this. Could you guys give me some ooze? <laughs> could you please be more enthusiastic now? <laughs> I'm just going to make it harder. Can you edit every time I said gooey boy in here and cross-reference that with every time I've said it in every piece? Previous podcast. Now that I'm here, what's your deal with gooey boys? <laughs> Tucker just like puts on his camera and just starts holding up applause signs. All right, us. so let's talk about Yakul. <laughs> okay, yeah, we gotta get that. <laughs> yeah, Tucker, do you want to talk to us about why you're such a fucking Yakul hater? Like, what's up with that shit? Okay, listen. First of all, sincerely and on an honest level, Yakul's very cool. Obviously, it's very in the name. Kind. It's okay. in the name. It's in the name. <laughs> that said, Yakul's bullshit doesn't make any <laughs> sense. It's just quirky for the sake of being quirky. Oh, like any Studio Ghibli movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, remember how they had this movie called Howl's Moving Castle or Castle in the Sky? <sighs> it's just like, yeah, here's our protagonist and he rides a... Uh, and then someone was like, oh, horse. And then they'd be like, no, you weirdo. He rides you a... You basic ass bitch. Horse. <laughs> he rides... <laughs> and then Miyazaki slaps him. <laughs> yeah. Get creative. He rides a cat. No, no, no. That's too weird. We already did cat bus. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Jim. Oh, wait, no. They didn't do cat bus yet, I think. Was cat bus before or after? I don't know. Is that in Totoro? Yeah, yes. it's in Totoro. Before. Okay. We already did cat bus. <laughs> Besides, it doesn't matter, all right? Because red elk aren't even real. They're not yeah, real? It, no, they're fictional. 
already, already, already had like a like a moment where I already made a, an Elden Ring reference, but it wasn't until Elden Ring that I finally got to ride a Yakuza. That's pretty legit. And so this has been, it's been the moment I've been waiting for my whole life since I was a kid. It's why I defend him. Also, I defend him because he's a coward. I love that Ashitaka is like, oh, you don't have to worry or have anything to worry about. If, if Yakul isn't scared, you're fine. Because <laughs> that horse has the best worried faces. Horse? Sorry. Not wow. horse. That would be way oh, too basic. How quickly yeah. we've fallen. Dan is showing me an actual red elk. Aha, take that. Are you sure that's not photoshopped? Uh, well... Okay, so Yakul is more based off of the... Is not actually more like a deer or elk. He's more like a lechwe. A lechwe? Yeah, or lechwe. I don't know how to say yep. it. Uh, they're a type of animal that is found in, like, south-central Africa. Like, that's... The horn structure is more uh, <coughs> reminiscent of that breed of animal. That's some... That's a deep cut. Who? What? I thought we... Did we get... What, what were we saying it was while we were watching the movie? Like a caribou or something? I don't know. We had uh, other people joining us on the Discord that are much smarter about animals than we are. I was like, I don't know. The movie said red oaks. It's a red oak. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ask, though. How do you guys feel about Ashitaka as the main character? He's milk toast main character guy. Right? Like, I love him Like as I was growing up watching him, but like now as I watch him, I'm just like... Man, you are just the most bland character of this movie, aren't you? I fucking love what I think of every... I always think of this as, like, the most, like, simp moment ever. It's like the, wait, no, ha, uh, don't, 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 ha, uh, you're beautiful thing. It's because, like, she, he's, like, hurt and weakened and shit. Uh, I think that's after he got a bullet in him, and then, like, uh, San... Is San? Yeah. Yeah. San is like ready to like kill him and shit. So she's like gets a dagger, is ready to like stab him right through the neck. And right before she could get him through the throat, he's like half dead looking up at her going, you're beautiful. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I guess I'd do the same half dead. Why not? Hedge your bets. But like <laughs> hedge your bets. It was the most O'Connell <laughs> moment like from the mummy where it was just like, so why did you kiss me? I don't know. I was about no. to die. It just sounded like a good idea no. at the time. <laughs> his his moment is not that cool. It's that he this man. Oh, O'Connell was cool in that moment when he just fucking like forces a kiss on this woman he just met. It was way less like. It was more of a like, uh, yeah, I'm taking my last gamut. Fuck it, I'm gonna die anyways. While this guy was more of a delirious, like, haha, no, pretty girl though. Don't, don't, no, don't, don't, don't kill me. <laughs> yeah, but he's like O'Connell is like the bam bam shooty shooty himbo. Ashitaka is like this total naive boy himbo. You know, like that is, is him, him like shooting him his shot with son. I don't know. Ashitaka's pretty wise for uh, for his years. I don't know that I'd call it, put him under the himbo category. But the important thing is, it's Ashitaka's 18th birthday, right? Something like that. <laughs> All right. Go on. <laughs> Smash or pass? <laughs> oh. Lordy, don't jump ahead of us on this one. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I mean, the answer is obvious. I'm asked. This is a symbolic question, with or without the demon arm. You know what? That's a good question. I mean, I mean, with I with or without the demon yeah, arm is my answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. With the demon arm, 
With, okay, like without, with the demon arm, I'll smash. Nice, without he, it, he's got pass. a nice suit. Like, at least with the really? demon arm, there might be some like adventure to it. Without the demon arm, ah, it's gonna be so bland. Th- that demon arm has some physics-defying bullshit. He shoots off a man's both of a man's arms by shooting the sword hilt with an arrow. And it hits it with such a force that this man chose not to let go. He chose all violence that day. Lost his arms for it. (laughs) Yeah, that was concerning. And the best part is, is like, it is the cleanest cut of these arms getting ripped off. It's almost like they were cut with a sword. Ironically, in choosing not to be disarmed, he, well... (laughs) Was <laughs> well, or the moment where he just like perfectly fires an arrow to where it hits the neck of a samurai, and the samurai's head just goes flying. Yeah, I was so glad when they had a samurai witness it, and then just be like, "No, I'm out, dude. I'm leaving. <laughs> like, that man is a demon, and I am not going in there." I kept waiting for that. He lopped off that like one of their arms and then the other and the other guys kept charging in and I'm like if I saw that if I saw an arrow go through my friend's arm and just rip it off I'd be like the war's over like I'm (laughs) (laughs) nope what are we fighting for guys (laughs) there were some things I signed up for this was not it no no I believe I said our man right here was able to knock out two incredible warriors because like San and Iboshi are going at it and it's like a really good fight like fucking San's she doesn't have any kind of formal training, but she's scrappy and very agile. She's all over the place, but Iboshi's got that training, and so she's able to, like, kind of deflect her. You don't know who's going to win. It looks like it's probably going to be Iboshi. This man goes over here. He grabs San's blade, like, with his demon hand. He has uh, Iboshi, like, blocked off, and he just takes two elbow hits, and those both of them are knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you say that uh, San is scrappy because, yeah, she. The one of my favorite things about her is when you see her fighting a Boshi, you can tell she fights just like a wolf would. Every mm-hmm. time she like goes in for a quick stab, almost like she's biting with a snout. And then when she comes in, it's very low. Like she's defending with like a different part of like her head and neck, just like a wolf would if like they're in these quick type of confrontations. I really like I like the detail they put yeah, into and, that and little she, sequence. She leaps at people a lot. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She's all about that like quick leap in, scurry back, leap back in. Yeah, she was really cool. I, I did like how that character was made. Just it, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. Sans running animation could put Tom Cruise to shame. You shut the fuck up. Fight me on this bitch. It's a little <laughs> goofy. Oh, and Tom Cruise doesn't look goofy. <laughs> he he looks like he could outrun me. Like I feel like I'm just like looking at him, I feel winded. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I get that. I get that. And every time I watch Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol and he's, like, running through, like, a sandstorm, I'm like, no, why? <laughs> Stop carefully. it. I gotta say, not enough Keith David in this movie. Yeah, he talks for a bit. Could have been more Keith David. He, mm-hmm. he talks for a bit, and I like his character. He's a coder. But then, yeah, once he starts losing his mind and he just only speaks in, like, uh, pig squeals or whatever, I'm like, ah, it would have been so great to have, like, it. well... Uh, never mind I'm not gonna make another video game reference but like it would have been so cool to have him just like losing his damn mind <laughs> like uh, you know like the uh, the best part they had of him is like when they had all the humans dressed up like the pigs and he's like just booking is like my soldiers they have risen from oh. the grave that was a cool ass fucking moment come with me to the that well of the forest heart. spirit 
have him kill the humans yeah. and you're like oh, that was shit. fucked up man yeah that was painful that was painful to witness what were those what was the game plan for those humans they were trying to like uh, he was gonna lead them to the forest spirit yeah they were just trying to get there and what were they doing to him so like he's like hey it's my friends look at them they're cool and uh she's like no you you idiot they're humans and there's a point when they like kind of like they're under these pig skins, and the pig skins, I guess, lift a little, <laughs> and then they don't show what they do, but then he starts, like, throwing up blood? Well, he was already throwing up blood. He was gravely injured from the war with the humans. I just didn't know if what they were doing was then causing him to vomit blood. No, no, that was post them, like, blowing him and his army up with the those stone bombs. <laughs> yeah. They, they like, lured them to, like, a cliffside, and as they're coming up towards them, they just kick off a bunch of stone bombs, blow them the fuck up, massacre so many pigs, and people, I think. Um, they give little regard to their own people as well down there. Um, and, yeah, so not only did he suffer that, I'm sure he probably took, like, a stray bullet or two. Or what I've taken away from that scene is it was, like, a situation where Okoto was blind and had been blind for a while, so... Because they were wearing the boar skins, he smelled his warriors, but it wasn't right. And so when they got up close to him and, like, you could tell they were, like, touching him, like, the the feeling of, like, a human, like, it, like, those two feelings just really is, like, what kind of broke Okoto in that moment. And, like, he just fully lost himself to his hatred for, like, humans and what they were doing. And that's when the demon in him arose. And then they knocked out they knocked out San with like, you know, a rock sling and Yeah, this guy fucking <laughs> fucking championship fucking like sling. Wham taking down that Goliath head of the rock. <laughs> that and she just falls like right onto his weird wormy pig nose. And then like oh, yeah. gets that was hard turned like this. It is is assimilated into a koto a little bit. Like when we see her next, like she's deep within the demons like like tentacles basically, with them growing out of her head and face yeah, now. That was tough. That was really that was pretty gross. <laughs> and then the wolf mother who's the what was the wolf's name? Scully. Scully, yeah. When Scully <laughs> Gillian Anderson, Gillian Anderson, uh, yeah. the wolf, the <laughs> the wolf mother pulls her out with her mouth, and it's just like goo. Moro really loves her daughter. So she was really, her voice also was pretty monotone. But once again, I don't know. I thought it worked. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. Like there's one part oh. where she shouts, and even then, you don't feel like she ever actually raised her voice in the recording booth. Mm-hmm. She just got a little bit more forceful, and I think they just added some like weird wolf-like growling to her her voice. I agree. She was doing some cool work. Her, Keith, David, they were doing great. <laughs> Billy Bob. Mm. I love the death of uh, Moro and Akoto. Like I love that. Like when like everything goes still. And the forest spirit comes walking out. Mm-hmm. And first it gets shot by a Boshi. And the bullet, like, it gets hit, but, like, it's still alive. And just that, like, quick little touch to, like, Akoto and Moro. And you see the light leave their eyes. And for, like, Akoto, for a grief moment, it's, like, surprise and, like, a little bit of fear turning to resignation. With Moro, it's more just, like, total calm acceptance of her death. I really like how they were able to portray that between the two of them. Yeah. No, that was a very... That whole scene, that was very cool. I thought every scene with, like, the god creature was pretty profound. Like, I, I just felt 
I felt moved. Everything about the forest spirit I love. I love when like you got the, that weirdo human face though. I don't I don't mind that it. Was, I love it. He got stuck. Yeah, I actually, I actually thought I it was mind it. I thought it was a cool design. Like it's it's it was, freaky to look at, but I think it's supposed to. Yeah, like this is supposed to be like a divine creature, you know, like you're not supposed to get it. Yeah. And even as you look at it, you're like the face of a man, the body of a deer, the like legs of kind of like a chicken and a lizard mixed together. Mm-hmm. Every the stretch step, of the neck of long. Uh, yeah. Every step causing like the foliage to grow. And then when the foot is removed, the death of the foliage. Oh, like that, that constant rad. representation of life and death that the forest spirit is. I thought it was that it was. Yeah, yeah, no. I think you're saying the same thing. I thought it was like when he stepped, it it like just progressed it through the entire arc of a life. He, like he not when he lifted his foot, then it died. I thought it was even while his foot was on it. It could also be it too. Like there's a lot of like different themes in this movie that people have taken from Interesting. it. Interesting. I also like that concept, the one you brought up. Like I, that sounds like an also another way to like represent like because one of the best lines in this movie to me is at the end of the movie. When uh, Kuroku, the man that Ashitaka saved in the beginning of the movie, like as the forest is like the grass starts growing black after the forest spirit dies and greenery is starting to emerge. And Kuroku's just like, huh, I didn't know the forest spirit made the flowers grow. Like it wasn't just the forest spirit. Like they resided in the forest. But there was more to them than just the forest. How do we harvest hallucinogenic mushrooms off the forest, God, though? Oh, my God, man. That has to be a divine trip if anyone could have one. That's ayahuasca. (laughs) Whoa! Little did we know that, like, if you eat one of the mushrooms, you just experience everything everywhere all at once. Please, let it happen. How about that ape tribe? Yo, what was going on with that? They're so unnerving. Yeah, creepy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they were neither apes nor men. I don't know. They only ever showed them in, like, silhouette with, like, red glowing eyes. And they had that kind of... They had cool, deep voices. I don't know. I like the voices on them, even though they kind of... They made them talk, like, very, like, primitive human, like, oh, apes take on human. We eat the flesh. Get power of human. But, like, yeah, their voices were right. so creepy, and their look was so creepy. Yeah. No. It was fantastic. Oh. And they could use... Well, not that they could use tools. They didn't show they could use tools, but they, you know, as apes, they could fling things, and they threw stuff at the... uh the wolves, though, it seemed like they kind of paled in comparison because, like, three wolves could scare off a whole, like, tribe of oh, the apes. Because, like, they, they were never supposed to be, like, threatening. Like, the whole thing of the ape tribe is that they're tree planters. Oh. Yeah. Like, that's that's their whole deal. It's like they're, they they would maintain the forest. Yeah. I definitely love the moment, though, when, like, with the, the ape clan where, like, they're throwing things down when Akoto and San are together after the fight. And they're just like, you have brought doom to us. Uh, and uh, talking about, like, um, what you bring with you is neither human nor animal. And then you see, like, the men dressed in the skins of the boars. And it was like, it's, it's a really great small bit of, like, I guess foreshadowing when mm-hmm. it's just about to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, they were such a weird, cool third party kind of. I don't know. Everything about them was both like eerie, but for reasons I couldn't put my like fingers on. It was it was very odd. All my fingers. I'm... You know what? They were very progressive though. They did acknowledge San as a wolf. Yeah, they didn't see her as human. They saw her as the daughter of Moro, the <laughs> the wolf child. Very yeah. progressive. And I think that's 
Yeah, that's 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 what that's we need. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, get rid of the human, and it's like she's human too. But like, yeah, we don't care about that one. She's one of your wolves, but like the human I, though. Yeah, I didn't even catch that. That is that is a good point. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> like they've all grown up around San, so they've like fully like. If Moro has accepted San as her daughter, then like yes, the apes yeah, which, have nothing more to say. Which we, you know, I, I you know, the movie spells it out, but we haven't mentioned it. But yeah, basically, San's I think family and tribe was all killed by the wolves, but they, oh what, no, they weren't killed by no, the wolves. They were killed they by. So oh, I did not catch this at all. Moro caught Moro caught yeah. San's parents in her forest, defiling it, and yeah. as they were running away, begging for their lives, they like, the take their the daughter <laughs> at her feet. Yeah, <laughs> which baller move? I would, you know. <laughs> hey, I'll bet they lived. No, I bet it's they like, didn't live. I I raised her as my own, my beautiful, ugly daughter. <laughs> Thanks, Ma. <laughs> Yo, we gotta talk about how she sucked blood out of that wolf. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking about like the fucking Guardians of the Galaxy scene now, where she just looks at Ashitaka. I learned that I'm a pet and ugly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Did, I did enjoy your reaction to just like her walking up to like the wolf and then immediately sucking the blood out of her body. That's He's not just like what? That's not no. No, that's like yeah, that's not right. <laughs> that's against. That's uh-uh. against what? It's against what? What's wrong with it? I agree. Don't. That is against. It is. It's just against. <laughs> <laughs> like you should. Even if someone now this has nothing to do with what she was doing, but even if someone has a snake bite, do not suck the blood out. No. One, you're not helping things. Two, you're adding your own weird mouth bacteria to the problem. Right. That's not okay. Was, it impl- was the was the wolf poisoned or something? The the iron I don't is think. like you know, the iron's un- like not fully refined. It's like a lump of iron that is shot through her. So iron poisoning was legitimately probably a problem here as well. So she was sucking the iron out of the wound. I guess so. <laughs> it's just like, why don't you just reach in and grab the bullet at that point? I just, yeah, I don't know. It looked like <laughs> the wound know. looks big enough to where, like, I, I thought it was just insane that first she takes the bullet and yeah. still comes running, but then one of the like uh, riflemen, it turns into a flamethrower for just one second, and you just see the. Like her full right. underside just yeah. erupt in flames. Yeah. Uh, Nan, Nan, our our fact checker in the chair, did remind me she does keep the bullet in her because at one point she does mention that the bullet will like eventually reach its yes. way. Oh. She feels uh, it. So she doesn't take the bullet out. She just tries to, I guess, suck out the poison or maybe try to suck out the bullet. But either way, I think she was probably going to try to take the bullet out, but her uh, later on, Moro probably tells her to leave it. She's like no. Well, and Ashitaka was like Ashitaka was just voyeur, like just like watching the whole time. Like, hey, gay. <laughs> I like the idea. You should that- leave, loser. <laughs> I like the idea that she was sucking the bullet out, and the wolf was like, uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> I guess just leave it in. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the bullet. You know what? Look, it's, it's gonna time kill me either way. Die. This is just making it awkward yeah, for I us. Prefer to die from this. Thanks. <laughs> Look, after you just did that, I can't look at you anymore in the eyes. Like, what an idiot. What are we don't even have lips. Who taught you that? <laughs> so one of my favorite facts about this movie is that, first off, like this movie was distributed by Miramax um, when it was brought to the Western. Ooh. I know. 
But <laughs> sorry, it was Neil Gaiman that was asked to write the screenplay for it, and he was told that there would be no reanimation for it, no matter what. So Neil Gaiman had to watch the movie, read the story, and then pay attention to the lip flap animations of every character and rewrite the script to uh, match those animations while still telling the story, but translate it into a way that a Western audience could understand and it wouldn't be lost on them with all of the Eastern culture it has. I'm, that is a Herculean task, man. That is a big ass. Yeah, yeah that's uh, wild. I can't imagine trying to balance all that. I like Neil Gaiman. How well did he do? Has, has, has there been anything on like, hey, yeah, so it's not quite right? No. I mean, naturally, oh, if he question. had to do that, it's not quite right. But like, how faithful uh, is it? Well, like it was small things too, because... Like, there were small things that had to be changed. Like, in the original Japanese script, when Jigo uh, talks about, like, that bowl of soup he's eating when you first meet him, and, like, in English he says, like, this tastes like donkey piss. The original line is that it tastes like water, which is actually a really cutting insult in Japan. Like, that is, like, insulting to say to somebody there. But that's not really that insulting here in the United States. So it was changed to donkey piss to be, like, for people that'd be like, Oh yeah, it's yeah, like that's pretty yeah, fucking mean yeah. to say to someone, you know. Then of course changing sake to wine, and then like trying to fit in descriptions that weren't overly taxing to explain like the significance of like Ashitaka having to cut his hair at the beginning of the movie. If you say it tastes like water, it'd be like homeboy, just open another ramen packet of seasoning and just pour it right. in. There. <laughs> Add a little salt to that. Pour it in there, baby. <laughs> But the craziest thing is that I found out was originally Neil Gaiman wasn't the first one that was asked. It was Quentin Tarantino oh, that was asked to adapt God. it first. I want that movie. <laughs> I do not oh want that gosh. movie. We need that That's movie. Not, that sounds like water. I mean, donkey piss. <laughs> <laughs> so and apparently he passed on it and recommended Gaiman. And people were like, ask him why. It's just like, my mom was a huge fan of his work. What was Tarantino doing at this time? I have to look. So this came out in 1997. There goes the keyboard clacking again. I need some like, spy music now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, okay, I'm going to put this out ahead. Even We're not like popular enough where I'm going to have like a... a a, a, a wave of nerds coming after me for saying that sounds like shit for Quentin Tarantino doing it. I like Quentin Tarantino movies. I don't think this should have Quentin Tarantino's name attached to it. Oh, no. Absolutely not. this not. movie. <laughs> also, Quentin Tarantino wasn't so. doing anything at the time. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs came out in 1992. So, like... Sure, I guess he was making that, but like he might have been producing uh, kung fu films at the time. Probably there were a few kung fu films that came out uh, that only came to the United States because Quentin Tarantino produced them for oh. like English dubbings. Like uh, Iron Monkey is produced by him. That's fun. So apparently, there was also a stage play of Princess Mononoke. Of course, it's Japanese. And yeah, what? But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. So after the movie came out, Miyazaki apparently was just like bombarded with requests to do a uh to do adaptations on stage of princess mononoke and refused every single one 
until a UK troop by the name of Wild Hog Theater approached him. Yes. And when they show when they pitched it to oh, him, yeah. he was like, "This is weird enough. You can do this." And that was the selling point. That's great. It sold out within seventy-two Hell. hours. Uh, nine months before it even opened, Whoa. and then migrated to Tokyo, where it played to even bigger crowds. It was, a, I take it's well received. Critically panned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I've never seen like live action out adap- of like play adaptations of like anime and manga before, so I can't tell you, man. I don't know. Man, that's another. One. We have to we have to watch that at some point. That sounds weird. If I could find a recording, I would be so down to watch like. <laughs> some weird stage play with you guys if they have a translation oh yeah getting them translated would be another thing we'd have to deal with oh my god i'd love I to wa- see a dub i want to see like a fucking lion king production of princess mononoke <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty legit i wonder what the kodama would look like it's just a bunch of bobbleheads god that's ah, fine yeah how about those bobbleheads I like those things. No, <laughs> I, love I saw them. them as a kid, and I was like, "Oh, they're so cute!" If I were to ever get a tattoo in my life, that's like one of them. I would get a okay, Kodama. Na- what do they mean? Nan, Nan was able to pull up a picture of freeze fr- or a picture someone took of the stage play, and there are two girls holding up like, uh, uh, like a Kodama puppets, and they're just holding them by the head. I'm assuming shaking, rattling them back and forth. That yes. sounds awesome. Exactly what I want from the yes. stage. Play. Yeah, that's oh great. Oh my god! The pictures that Nan is showing me look so clear. I feel like there's a version of this you could find somewhere. We have to look for it. Sorry. Would you? Wholehogtheater.com. Wholehogtheater.com. Yeah. Not going to that. <laughs> yeah. What? I'm Turn sorry. Turn off your safe search. I'm sorry. Are you afraid of the whole hog, sir? I like portions. Are of you hog. threatened by its size? <laughs> hey, I googled it. You googled whole hog theater. I googled it all. I mean, Squaren was the one that said that that was the name of the UK troop. Oh, hey. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh my God, this is actually like a pretty good-looking stage play. All right, so that's just this is great for the audio listeners. Jim, uh, cut this out. Listen, <laughs> y'all, look it up. We're this just is like staying in. Yeah, let's all just add a bunch of wow. Oh whoa. That looks whoa. nice. Hey. This could be that that could work. <laughs> this could work. Oh my gosh. I can see that at some point she does suck the blood <laughs> out of the wolf. <laughs> in case you um, were wondering. I love those memes of like People contrasting Miyazaki with Junji Ito, and it's like them and their personalized Miyazaki is like, life is paid in misery and we're all going to die alone kind of thing. And then they show his anime, and it's like this beautiful, like, you know, uh, this beautiful, like, uh, gorgeous landscapes and these beautiful stories and empowering messages and all stuff. And they show Junji Ito, and he's just like, I'm just like, you know, I think life is great. Things are just so happy all the time. And they show his art, and it's just like these weird, like, holes taking out of people with spirals and eyes going off in wrong directions. <laughs> Junji Ito might be the most wholesome anime director ever, and yet you look at, like, the, the fucking, like, mangas that he's done, and you're like, Jesus christ man there is a darkness in you somewhere 
Well, Miyazaki, he's oh, there just smoking that. a pack a day and being like, what <laughs> of it? We're all going to the grave. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. Did we want to expound upon Iron Town? It's the weird. Can we talk about the design of Iron Town? Like, why is there a giant forge pyramid in the middle of Iron Town? Like, did it have to be a giant pyramid? Because it was a giant pyramid. Did you say forage or forge? Forge. Oh, I don't know why it's designed as a pyramid, but yeah. I was like, I don't remember a forage pyramid, but yeah, forage, yeah. <laughs> uh, back in those uh, times, they didn't have a good idea. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I think that probably was how it happened, you know? Have you ever seen a forge? It's always a pyramid. I am right now Googling forge pictures. Don't, don't. All I right, would put the keyboard sound <laughs> for the fifth time. <laughs> He's looking yeah, up Yeah, I'm not seeing any pyramids. You know what? Don't put keyboard yeah. sound. Put like that one of those like cat keyboards, like those cat pianos, where like every button you push is just a cat going meow. Oh, meow, yeah, meow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's going to be sound of square and looking something up. <laughs> Iron Town is just what it is. It is the show that industrialism is just going to be greedy, come in, destroy everything, and then get the fuck out. I mean, yes, but, like, I don't yeah. know. I think, like, we're kind of really just... Iboshi was very altruistic towards people. She had no concern for her nature or animals or any of that, and, yes, that is a failing on her part. But she really looked after her own people. She took, and we mentioned this before, but yeah, she took women who were like... Um, prostitutes. Prostitutes, basically. Uh, well, actually. And then she paid for their... their you know, Paid them out of their contracts. And then she would uh, rescue them. She brought them. And then, yeah, the women had, had power over the men in this town. Mm. She took care of lepers which were uh, rejected from society. They were outcasts as well. Right. Um, and even, you know, even though, like, the men did have power, uh, you know, the, sorry, the women were of higher power or had some higher authority over the men, the men exa weren't exactly resentful. They had kind of a playful back and forth with the women. Right. Like, all the time. There was a little bit of flirting. Even the women were like, hey, yeah, don't worry. The men can't, uh, can't, can't get to us uh, over here unless we want them to, you know. <laughs> Which means, you know, sometime a homegirl getting horny and she's like, all right, I guess that one's fine. Yeah. That, the women were very, <laughs> like, they they definitely were, like, sexuality Sassy. forward in this, which was cool. Although there was that one line <laughs> where someone said, he's so young, though. And then someone else goes, yeah, but that's never stopped you before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That was because they're talking about Ashitaka, and you're like, "Wait, how old is this boy?" <laughs> <laughs> that was one line where we're like we're all like having fun. I was like, "Well, okay, maybe a little, okay, get her out of the group." <laughs> but no, um, no, yeah, I thought that uh, Iboshi was. Uh, I feel like she just represented like yeah, like human compassion for humanity and like growth at like any cost, which. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like a lot of the themes in this movie were pretty on the nose more than I think maybe Ghibli did like moving forward. I can't remember Kiki's delivery service having as much as well, but like uh, I feel like Spirited Away at least, which is a little bit later, was a bit more like 
tactful about that kind of stuff. Um, although it's been a while since I'm looking, so please correct me. Well, let, let me put it like this. To go back to the point that Kaz is making about the difference between, like, Hayao Miyazaki and Junji Ito. Uh-huh. Or, like, Junji Ito being like, I just like cute things, you know? And, like, I just draw scary stuff. And Miyazaki being the way he is. The reason why this movie not the way it is is because this movie also channels his anger over the Yugoslav War. <laughs> what? You see, during... Like, the bloody breakup of Yugoslavia begun while Miyazaki was making uh, Porco Rosso. And that really stuck with him. So, this is what he's quoted saying. The war happened, and I learned that mankind doesn't learn, he told Empire Magazine. After that, we couldn't go back to making to make some film like Kiki's Delivery Service. It felt like children were being born into this world without being blessed. How could we pretend to them that we were happy? He instead decided to take a risk and introduce kids to Ashitaka's combat-driven world. That fucking encapsula- encapsulates once again, like as we've mentioned already, the dichotomy of like the the fucking tortured artist who's like putting like making beautiful worlds, but has something he has to say. Where that line of like, yeah, the war ended and we learned that humanity would not learn. Like, Jesus Christ, (laughs) that's a level of nihilism I'm ready for. (laughs) Put put it into my veins. This man smokes a pack of cigarettes a day, drinks a bottle of whiskey, and just asks himself, what the fuck is the point? (laughs) We're all fucked anyway. (laughs) Dude, Hayao Miyazaki is known to be like a pretty rough person. Like, I remember uh, the story that broke that, like, when his son was doing a movie, I think it was, like, The Red Turtle or something, like, Hayao Miyazaki went to the premiere and then left halfway through and was quoted saying, as a filmmaker, you put your soul into your work and you put it on the screen for people to watch. And I guess that was it. And he left. Wow. (laughs) What a badass. But, like, then you find out that he also is, like, part of the neighborhood committee that goes around, like, his neighborhood every day, like, picking up trash. (laughs) Just, like, what is your point, man? (laughs) I don't know. I just gotta say, like, I don't know. I kind of think that so far from all I've heard, his points are kind of pretty valid. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it is. It's just, yeah. You see his movie, and they're so cute and colorful and, like... There's not a lot of sharp lines to this, to the, his animation style. There's a lot of curve to it. It's like very soft looking. And then you meet the man and you're just like, holy <laughs> shit. I feel like a lot of his themes are like accepting reality. Like for like the good and the bad, like in, in everything. movie, It's all very like fantasy, obviously, and whimsical. But it's always like kind of dark and kind of sad. And then finding like, little glimpses of like acceptance and happiness and like what is really just like kind of miserable <laughs> yeah like his whole deal is just like hey man life really fucking blows but just try to find those few moments you know yeah and i'm just like thanks miyazaki you make me really want to wake up tomorrow <laughs> yeah so tucker huh did you like it i don't know <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i feel like I think if I hadn't seen other Ghibli movies, I'd be more like I'd be pretty blown away by this. But I really feel like uh, this this was a little, and maybe it's like what you're saying, but he was so passionate about like this this or like had such a message after witnessing this war. But I felt like it was like message over 
art in this. Like it was, it was characters were speaking in such exposition and like every, uh, the main character, like you're saying, such milk toast kind of vibes. I felt like um, there, it was a lot that I really loved. I loved all the pieces to it. Like the animation was gorgeous. This, the, the music was gorgeous and a lot of the characters I really enjoyed, but I felt like it was more like them talking at me than me uh, like receiving a story kind of, if that makes sense. That does make sense. Who should I send it to? Kaz. <laughs> so, Kaz. Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say it's one of those things of like with Miyazaki films, I think people have kind of a notion of like you're the first one you watch is always going to stick with you. And this was the first uh Studio Ghibli movie I had ever seen as a kid growing up. Um so that alone was like holy shit, this is magical. This is amazing. Uh mm-hmm. as far as what you said about like this one or like a message over art kind of thing. I think the message can be part of the art. And I think having something to say, the environmentalist message or the like, you know, as as jaded as he sounded from what Squaren was saying, where this came from, the end message is once again, as, as I said, tied overly neatly in a bow. It does have an optimism mm-hmm. of like, a we can come together. We can change as a people so though he may have felt jaded he put hopefulness in in into woven that into the story and i think i don't know i think it's a good message to put out there then again yeah the movie we followed afterwards i was like i fucking hate this movie this is jaded as shit i like hopeful superman you guys suck (laughs) that was a thing Uh, but uh, that's that's external no one knows about that no one one. (laughs) but so squaring. Squaring. Yeah. Did you like it? I will wear these rose-tinted nostalgia goggles through this movie <laughs> all day long. I don't fucking care. I love this movie. Uh, I know, I know, like, Jem, uh, Tucker, you make a very valid point that this is a film that is more talking to you than really you watching a conversation tell a story it it does feel that way but the art mixed with the music and the message like even if miyazaki can get a little bit too tiptoe on that soapbox the rest of the team can still put it together to where i love every moment of it like even the final moments i'm just like yes yes while it is a simple film and it has themes that are very easy to pick up on and a lot of people will tell you like duh like of course someone needs to hear this i think they did it in a way that at least doesn't make it seem too in your face yeah i mean don't get me wrong i love i'll i legitimately love a soapbox (laughs) and i like this soapbox in particular (laughs) i think he i think i i agree with all the messages and stuff it's a very nice soapbox i have to admit the the soap that it contains has to be top quality. Oh, is that is that pomegranate? So squeaky clean. I do like that. It might be pomegranate. Ooh. Is that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tucker. So what do you got going on in your life? Oh man, <clears throat> I'm traveling right now, so I haven't streamed in a long time. But uh, I'm gonna get back to streaming in August, so you can find me. What what? Yeah, right, right. 
you can find me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Tucker underscore wins, which, uh, yep. And, uh, Twitter dot, yeah, it's twitter.com slash Tucker wins for stupid things that I think about. Um, and uh, the man will teach you how to decimate armies in chess. I promise you. I, I mostly play chess poorly. <laughs> but um, yeah. Otherwise, listen to this podcast. So, because uh, I, I like editing. Hey. That's, that's the fun stuff. Yeah. You can listen to this podcast. Uh, uh, we, we stream it live on Twitch on Fridays. Yeah. Uh, at twitch.tv forward slash second respawn. That's the number two ND and the word respawn. Well, on Fridays we do that and then they come out a week later on podcast services and stuff like that. But you can watch it early here. But on other days <coughs> we uh, do variety stream. Nan finished with Elden Ring. He is Elden Lord now. And now he's do- moving on to Guardians of the Galaxy. Killing yeah. It. Where we're listening to copyrighted music and saying, ah, what's Switch going to do? And then we're going to find out what Switch is going to do. But that's fine. <laughs> Beyond that, we play some uh, Persona Strikers. The anime bullshit. Uh, oof, oof. That's so beautiful. An Outer Wilds DLC. That's fun. Yeah. That's that's some f- scary, freaky shit. And on Saturdays, I think people can play Monster Hunter with Nan. He starts off doing the Monster Hunter press stuff, and then we go on to, like, the new shit. And everyone's invited. Lit, 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 lit. <laughs> And we're joined by our my co-host, our co-host, our co-host. He's my co-host. You're only borrowing He's him. He's your co-host. Uh, Switch.tv yeah. forward slash Sir Squarin. It's Sir S-Q-U-A-R-I-N. He also does variety stuff. Uh, now that he's finished Kingdom Hearts, I think he's moving on to Tales of Symphonia. If I can get it to work. If not, I'm just doing a bunch of random like indie stuff. I might jump into like... I thought about saving Outer Wilds for Halloween, but I might just jump into it sooner because I'm really interested in it. You're doing dun- are you doing Dungeon Daydreams still, too? Oh, and I still do. Yes, we still do Dungeon Daydreams. Uh, it's a D&D campaign I run on the channel. Uh, it'll actually be... It's on Sundays. You can check the schedule for it. It's a lot of fun. I've got Kaz on it. I've got Nan on it. And we've got our friend Bubs from the episode for the thing that is also a PC for it. It's a lot of fun. Hashtag kill cause. Hashtag kill cause. Hashtag kill cause. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This was the final movie for Summer of Animation. It has been a great time looking at a lot of animated films uh, these last eight weeks, but we're going to be moving on. The next movies you can be looking forward to for the next four to five weeks, uh, we're going to be checking out Clue next week. After that, it'll be uh, Starship starship troopers marauders <laughs> uh then it will be everything everywhere all at once but it is yes uh after that it will be hitchhiker's yes. guide to the galaxy featuring our guy in the chair nan himself Yay! very excited and then our fabulous uh editor uh who actually might be joining us for everything everywhere all at once if the schedule allows it uh, he will be back with us at the end of August to uh, explore a little gem called Warriors of Virtue. <laughs> this, this was a movie previously thought to be a fever dream between the three of us individually. This movie did not exist. I'm like, wait, you've heard of such a tale? This was the candle cove for all of us. My mom was like, you were just looking at the theater looking at static. I didn't get it. And I was like, no, mother, they've heard of it. They remember the weird kangaroos 
yeah, it's going to be an exciting month for us uh, for uh, going into August. So look out for it then. Like like Tucker said, you can find these podcasts uh, edited every week on Amazon Music, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. The uh, last week's episode, which was for Spine of Night, came out this morning. Uh, so check it out now. And if you like what you hear, go ahead and share it with, you know, friends, family, random stranger on a subway. It doesn't matter if they look shady. Who cares? No, don't do that. Sorry. Never mind. Just sorry. No, 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 no. If they do it for the podcast. Thank you. A shady person on the subway is just a friend you haven't met. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. So we've talked about leprosy. We've talked about forest spirits. We've talked about bobbleheads and everything final words i honestly thought like because of the way we started before we kicked the stream on is we would just do like an evangelion just everyone clap and say congratulations (laughs) 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 no here we go congratulations we did it congratulations